0: Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now.
1: Coming up in this edition of TV Black Box, Channel 10 has a fide hit. But what does it mean for ageing tentpoles on other networks? Be careful about writing free-to-air television off just yet because there's gold in there, in there, heralds. And we'll take you behind the scenes of a live television event. Welcome to the podcast where people in the industry get their news and love their accents. <laughs> TV Black Box is about to start.
0: This is TV Blackbox, bringing you the inside goss from the TV
2: industry.
1: Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight. Welcome to TV Blackbox. The panel's coming up in a moment, but first, it was on this day in history, television history in fact, that we first met Don Draper. Yes, 15 years ago today, the multi award winning Mad Men premiered on AMC in the US, set around an advertising agency in 1960s New York, and starring John Hamm. The show ran for seven seasons and is widely regarded as one of the greatest television series of all time. Let's meet the panel now. David Robin Robo Robinson. Almost gave you a sex change. Yeah.
2: Uh, <laughs> I, my pronouns are TV, television, and broadcast.
1: Oh, I like that. Oh, I might put that in my Twitter bio. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> oh, God.
1: Oh, shit. Uh, David, you're here, which is fabulous. Malk, who jumped the gun and spoke early. <laughs> Malk. I'm oh, just enjoying
0: this. Well, David, you're here. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Malk, he's here too. Hey, this is the worst play school. I, romper Stomper, the worst romper. Romper Stomper. It's even getting better than that. The worst romper room ever.
2: Oh, I love... Mr. Doobie.
1: Uh, Matthew, hello. Matthew Simmons, TV black box writer. Welcome to the show. Hello. Good to have back you again. here. Good to be Philip Koch, you. Philip Koch, the writer for such auspicious magazines like New Idea and Woman's Weekly. He is, he is the tabloid king's queen. Hello, Philip.
3: <laughs> uh, hi, Rob, and I've never really worked for the weekly. I think it's called Woman's Day. But
1: think... Oh, Jesus. I <laughs> oh, have great oh, are nice. you. There's Sorry. so many. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
2: So I'm good. really off to a great no, that start. Was, oh, all of that was great.
1: I know. I'm keeping it all. Don't worry, Robert. Um, a bit of sad news amongst this frivolity Sarah Monaghan has actually left us. So she's dead to us. Never speak her name again. Who? Moving on. Uh, no, what? I'm joking. I love Sarah. She's we concentrating on acting and uh, doing stuff within the uh, reality TV space. sphere, whether it's presenting, taking part. And and I'd just like to say this, please, please, if this is a true thing, please do not hold the fact she was on TV Black Box for so many years against her. Sarah Monaghan is, like, such great talent. She's cheeky. She's clever. She's so energetic. She would be a great addition to any cast. Mm. For God's sake, people, we do a podcast where we celebrate TV, Mm. we pull people into line that what we think, we give you honest views. If you want lame-ass views that, you know, everyone, everything's great, everything's great, we're not your podcast, but we do this because we love the industry. Yeah, L- Give her work. Celebrate the magic that is Sarah Monahan. We will miss you, Sarah. Thank we you will. for all
2: the years. We do miss mm. her. Yes, bless yeah, you. Yeah, I'd
0: agree, Rob. Sarah's a great talent. And we'll be fabulous for us to see her on our Australian TV screens anytime soon. Yeah, uh, But we'll miss her feisty mm. Hot takes here on TV Blackpots. Yeah, and
2: I think that Sarah Murdoch will really be missed on this uh, podcast. Uh, oh she no! Wrong name. Like, no, I said the wrong name. Oh no! There's a little <laughs> Easter egg for those who remember. <laughs>
1: but now we've said Ooh. it, we will never mention the name Sarah Monahan again. Mm. She's dead.
0: I remember when Sarah Monahan first came. Anyway.
4: Legendary.
1: <laughs> All right, let's get into the topics because we've crossed the halfway mark of the year and as Q2 programming comes to an end, the primetime race in Q3 for the commercial networks has well and truly begun. 9 and 10 both debuted their new reality hits this week, with 9 launching their second season of a re- rebooted Beauty and the Geek, while 10 debuted a brand new series, Hunted. Meanwhile, Seven has opted to restore some hey hey nostalgia with two red face specials. So just who came out on top? Well I think you know the answer, but we'll go through it anyway. It turns out Brand New was the flavour of the week, with the Hunted premiere dominating its time slot with an audience of 619,000. It delivered even stronger results on 9-2, rising to 711,000 in the five-cap cities, which secured 10. First in the primary channel share on Monday, an amazing result. Seven's Red Faces special was next in the race, landing 592,000 on Sunday and dropping to 407,000 on Monday. It was similar news for Beauty and the Geek, launching at 476,000 and returning with a smaller audience of 405,000 for the second episode. Robbo, I have to say, at the beginning of the year, I called it. I knew Hunted was going to be a hit and it grew its audience. Good on Channel 10. They've taken a new format. They've done it really well. They've launched it successfully. I'm really happy for this result.
2: I really am happy for this as well. So I was with the uh, what we used to call the Blue and Gold Network because of the logo for 13 years, and we always wanted it to succeed. And that's the thing. Everyone at 10 really wants the network to succeed it's it's really a team there it's a family and so when a show like this comes along and it does so well uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that all stations around the country are genuinely happy. That's, you know, that the, the the company is doing well. This is a fantastic result for 10. I'm very, very proud of them. I, I think it's well overdue for them. And, you know, it was a risk to do this kind of programming. I know it's big overseas, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, we we like to talk about the fact Correct. that um that franchises overseas don't always work and often, more often than not, don't work here in the Australian market. This is fantastic for them. They took a risk which is what we have said on this program many times before, and that is there needs to be more risk-taking in Australian television. Ten has done that and it's paid off for them, so he's hoping that there is more of that uh, risk-taking uh, moving forward with programming across all of the networks.
1: They didn't really have a choice, to be honest, Mark. They, the cupboard was bare. They've had to try a few new things. Bachelor, The Bachelor Nation is in real deep, deep doo-doo. Um, but this does disprove the theory that Channel 10 can't do a successful launch
0: yeah well ha- have a look at their history now like they have had some struggles like seven and nine mm. both have however in the last couple of years the musk singer has become a pretty big hit for for 10 and now we've got Hunted which has done the same uh, a, a great reinforcement that they can launch a new form, a new to the market here in Australia format, uh, and give it its own twist and, and make it authentically Australian. It's really interesting to see not only uh and, and by interesting I mean really positive to see that not only it, it grew the audience into night two and no question that will have had uh a part to do with the fact that it was followed by Have You Been Paying Attention, which is a huge ratings hit for 10. Um, but also for the fact that they Like, they kind of followed their their standard kind of vibe. We're pumped about it. Come and see our show. It's a big new thing, blah, blah, blah. And I think that they – but they didn't overplay their hand. Like, the thing thing that I – and this is talking as a jerk outside 10, right, who absolutely wants to see them succeed, and I have absolutely criticised 10, no question, when I think they've, you know, could do better, quite frankly. This has been something that they have – promoted correctly, that they have delivered to the market well. And look, it's not brain surgery. If you stop and think about the show, the wheels start to fall off pretty quickly, but they've managed to maintain across the 90 minutes of every episode. You just get sucked right into the nature of the show and this cat and mouse game that it's all about.
4: I just, I love that it's just not your standard kind of reality show. It's not a host, a group of people, they're in a location and that's it. This is, there is no host. It's just this team of people trying to capture these people. Who well, are clearly, I know they come from cop- copish backgrounds, but they do feel a bit like actors. But I don't, I don't hate it. I, I don't, I don't hate that that's that's happened. So I just like that it is something different just in the reality market. We already have such a, a saturated reality market for our primetime programming. This is something that is a little bit different, and I, to me, it's not a, not really a surprise that it's worked very well.
1: It's so interesting, far. isn't it, that Ten won the night because they had the doubler of Hunted Australia. And have you mm. been paying attention? Now, I have been banging on this uh, for a long time, Robbo, about the fact that uh, nine o'clock programming can help significantly. And I do believe, and, and look, I'm banging my head up against the wall. I know the networks aren't interested. But the to me, if there was a stripped show at nine o'clock, Monday to Thursday, it would be a go-to point for people watching TV, maybe even a destination point before you went to sleep if it was the right show. I've lost that argument. No-one's interested. But that shows me tend have that with ha- on Monday nights with have you been paying attention.
2: Absolutely. And you'd want to see that kind of risk-taking continue. I, I know that Working Dog are probably not very much interested in doing that, whether they want to strip that show. Um, no. but I th- Which we know that they don't. Um, but the thing is, this is smart programming as well, the- which I want to say is... It's odd for Ten to be able to do a launch like this, but they've done it for this one, which is fantastic. What's the difference? We've got to ask ourselves. What has changed uh, in the way of the way that Ten normally launches? Because, look, not to be unfair to them, but it, it doesn't always work, which we've talked about here. Uh, but yes, Rob, back to your point really quickly. To have that kind of strip show at nine o'clock, to have that destination—have you been paying attention? Is a destination show to match it with? Uh, Hunted was obviously brilliant, uh, and and they're reaping the rewards for that. But uh, I just wonder what's changed, Malk. Do you think in in this kind of delivery of a show from Tim?
0: Oh, I think it's that it's markedly different, Robbo. Like because the counterpoint is, what did it go up against? It went up against the season, the season eight premiere of Beauty and the Geek. Which is not a nine. strong
1: show, let's be honest.
0: Well, it certainly hasn't been strong since it went to Nine. It did pretty big for Seven for a little bit, mm. and then Nine picked it up. And it, this year, as an example, the premiere was down nearly 50% Whoa, year on okay. year. That's big numbers to drop. Um, but we and also
1: need to look at Total TV when it eventually comes through because oh, in the seven way days people time, consume has changed. Well, we, we can add in
0: for each of them, you know, a, a couple of hundred thousand yep. viewers for regional and then nearly a couple of hundred thousand yep. viewers for BVOD for each of them, which is a, a fair metric to throw in. However, to come in at a, like, nine was a distant fourth in prime time. And then I think the biggest story is that it beat Hey Hey. Like it beat, admittedly, it's a big nostalgia brand and this is a clip show of a clip show of a show that aired for 27 seasons. So it it to me it says not that nostalgia is dead, just if you go to the same nostalgia wells all the time. Yeah. We're sick of seeing the same stuff. Because even then last night the second part of the Red Face is special, it own oh, like we talk about 405 being a line number for beauty and the geek, 407 was Red Face. You only like, needed one night of that. Yeah. Simple fact. But it was part of their big, look, Daryl, we've got more mm. deals and here we go. I mean, sure. Like, I just think we don't need to go back to that well so quickly and so deeply.
1: Yeah. Let's move on. And it turns out media and entertainment might be the one industry COVID doesn't kill. The latest PwC Annual Australian and Media Outlook report shows consumer growth up 6.23% reaching $45.6 billion. The lockdowns across the country saw a huge uptake in streaming and subscription services, 11.8% higher than pre-pandemic. According to the report, Australian households have 6.5 premium subscriptions, forecast to increase to 10 over the next five to seven years. Matt, you know, we keep thinking free-to-air might, it is dying, but this is great news for media overall.
4: No, absolutely great news, and to me, it is no surprise. Of course, we're you know with COVID, we're, we're we're locked at home. What else are you going to do? Well, we say it now, and someone has to does test positive for COVID, and they have to isolate for seven days. What, what do they say? It's, oh, okay. Well, now I've got chance to catch up on all my shows. And so, to me, it's absolutely no surprise that that that's where that's where we're heading.
1: Philip, it's great news for the entire industry, isn't it? The more money that's flowing through the veins keeps production going, and and. Linear TV, we have to remember, is still one of the biggest money makers when it comes to the cost of an advertisement placement.
3: Absolutely, and and look, I've cut back on a couple of streamers just last week because I thought, well, you know, I just can't, I can't absorb all this content, and yeah, you know, I found some good shows that I'd forgotten about on free to air. So I think, I think, I think we we shifted to streaming in COVID because it just, you know, it it was very binge, you know, it was, it was binge. Television, and it was sort of a binge lifestyle, wasn't it? Because we couldn't go out.
2: Uh, Philip, I just wanted to ask you, well, what were the ones that you dropped? Because I find that interesting. Because I often go through the the budget and the bank you account which is never very healthy. <laughs> and then I think, <laughs> going to drop? How did you decide and who did you drop? Uh, okay, well, I'll tell you, I, I dropped Apple
3: because oh, I, yeah, I did that The content's but just not there. Yeah, yep. Hard to navigate, and there's never oh, wow. enough for me yep. to watch on it. Cut and yeah, and I dumped Netflix, which was a bit of a wrench. Wow. But I've done that before too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I I've spent so much time looking for movies and other things on Netflix thinking how can there be nothing that I want to watch? But there was really nothing I wanted to yep. watch, and what I wanted to watch I'd watched. So it's not, it's not like it'll be a forever goodbye, but mm. I'm going to do it increasingly now, dump a couple, because then you actually get the value out of the streamer. You start to watch everything you need to. And, you know, it's not like the content's going to disappear. We all know that. It's going to still be there in six months' time or three months' time, depending yeah, on how important it is. And,
2: and um, Philip Kosh says a very big hello to the Netflix shareholders. <laughs> uh, they love <laughs> this kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Make, him a, Make yeah, him a deal.
1: Make him a deal. Yeah, Maybe yeah, when advertising right. comes in, Philip will go in at the lower level and cut the ads.
3: I will never, ever do that, Rob. I hate ads. Uh, <laughs> but I have I have taken up Paramount Plus, so um, I've been loving that seat. Mm.
0: <laughs> Well done. Welcome to the 10 Love Tonight, Philip. Loving
3: that sick. Loving that that sick.
0: The interesting thing for mine, Rob, and I I think it's reflected in exactly what Philip gave us as a case study, is that we're becoming a little bit more discerning about how we spend our streaming media dollars or where we're getting our content or what we're doing. So back, and I think through COVID in part, it was a case of, well, sure, we'll sign up. We'll take your 30-day or seven-day trial, check it out, and probably end up paying you some money month to month for a bit. However, we're now at a point where our time is filling up and also we're looking at the bank accounts because, and this is going to be the real big issue and my major concern with that that article predicting that we'll have, you know, whatever it was, 10 services or 10 more by the end of whatever. It seems a lot. Well, with inflation as it is, what's mm. the first thing that struggles and gets cut out of people's budgets when the belt has to tighten? It's all mm. of this kind of, mm. you know, spending that is otherwise… Discretionary. Yeah. So I, I think the the thing that works towards it is that we're used to it. Hmm. And it you know we might see some services hang around in our budgets or be the last to second last things cut. But ultimately, they're the ones that are going to struggle over the next 12 months hmm. as interest rates only go up and inflation is wildly out of control.
1: Yeah. Well, we've been watching the race for the AFL rides closely. And this week, new developments have seen Seven and Foxtel lock horns. The sport is currently trying to convince the two networks to add uh, to up their bids for television rights to as close as $600 million as possible in an effort to keep the incumbent broadcasters in place until at least 2029. Now, this is all because the Paramount-owned Network 10, well, they're putting up a potential knockout bid for all free-to-air and streaming rights for the AFL. Both Seven and Foxtel have signalled that they are keen to maintain their rights, and discussions have begun regarding what mechanisms could be used to entice either party to raise their bids. One option on the table is Foxtel showing more live matches of the local teams in passionate AFL cities in Adelaide and Perth. Seven currently can show matches for those clubs in their home markets, but Foxtel wants the exclusive rights to those games. While Foxtel could explore showing the games on their KO freebie service, Seven is being steadfast in maintaining the strong rating Adelaide and Perth games to the point where the West Australian did an editorial, a front page editorial today, Hmm. warning consumers that they're going to lose their AFL rights because Foxtel are pouncing. This is how big it's getting, people. Seven and Foxtel currently have rights to show the AFL until 2024, but the league's outgoing chief executive, Gillen McLaughlin, is keen to clinch an extension to the deal or a new contract within weeks. And so far, it looks like the AFL is using Ten's interest to push up the price that Seven and Foxtel would pay to retain the rights. This is certainly a battle between giants. If Seven and Foxtel want to keep their rights, something's got to give, but here's the thing. Are the AFL after Foxtel to increase their rates or or Foxtel are saying we're not increasing them unless we get this, but that's taking something away from Seven, high-rating local games? uh, That is not beneficial to Entice Seven to lift their rate. Yeah, well,
0: because of the consortium deal, because of the anti-siphoning list, Seven have to run point on it because ostensibly all of the games have to appear on free-to-air television, and they then defer to their partner, in this case, Foxtel, to say, well, no, we'll take these ones, you can have the others, or however they negotiate their deals. And part of that is that Seven have absolutely given away the streaming rights in the current deal. Foxtel own them. So that's why we get KO and those sorts of things. And you can't tune in to Seven Plus to watch
4: the AFL. It's not a thing. Can you do it live? Uh, Sorry? Can can you go to, like, Channel 7 live on the 7th? I honestly
0: haven't tested it. I don't think so. I think they actually Uh cut the broadcast and put up a, if you want to see this, there's other things on 7-2, you know, like that kind of vibe. Um, The the issue at play, of course, is the almighty dollar. And the AFL, understandably, Gillan McLaughlin wants to get the best deal before he gets out of there. And with Paramount just absolutely circling with clearly American money ready to drop. Foxtel and Seven are in a really dire predicament. And it's not even Foxtel. It's mainly Seven. Because yeah. Foxtel would buy into Paramount's deal if they could. Paramount aren't going to let them. They want absolutely the whole dice, the yeah, box, the dice, the game, Foxtel everything. Foxtel have to
1: team up with Seven or otherwise it's no dice. And here's the thing. What we will see from this is how serious Paramount is about the Australian market because CBS knows that sporting rights to football, you know over there american football but they understand how big afl is here if paramount pulls this off i said it's a game changer for ten you add the yeah. afl which rates unbelievably well you add yes. a couple of shows well, a couple mm-hmm. of hits you yep. get hunted i know it's not as w- what it used to be mug but it's still yeah, sure. it's still gotten seven across the, the the line multiple yeah, 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 yeah. multiple weeks um but you, you think about this if seven if if ten had hunted and have you been paying attention, and then had the AFL, 10 would be unstoppable for a week, you know, like to to the point of being able to win the week. Now, you if had they a- can get some run on, yeah, it would Absolutely. be massive
0: for 10. And the interesting thing in this is that, it, yes, the AFL numbers are down, and the real issue is that for nine, NRL numbers are real down like their live-to-air broadcasts of, uh, you know, at least their linear numbers for the NRL are in the toilet, except for the Origin, which, of course, is a whole other box of dice. I loved in that Australian article that nine have decided to throw their hat in the ring. We just want one night at the (laughs) AFL. We just want to take some games, uh, which is akin to the uh, um, uh, American football, gridiron, you know, NFL model in the US. And at this point, the AFL won't be drawn at it. And certainly Foxtel and Seven White, the thing that I thought was most interesting was the cracks appearing in the Seven and Foxtel arrangement Mm -hmm. where Foxtel are wanting to say, we want to have all of the games, all of the times, and Seven absolutely understandably going, no, 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 we have to show the Adelaide and Perth games locally because they're such a big part of our schedule and a big part of our draw in those regions. But also that Uh, kind
1: of thinking screwed them over with the cricket.
0: Well, I mean, here we are again, right? It's the it's the same old, same old. So it, the outcome of this negotiation is going to be super interesting. Yes, I think the fans will win, no matter who gets it, mm. uh, because Seven and Foxtel have the experience, and Ten are going to throw every single dollar they can at the screen.
1: Uh, and the simple fact is, Foxtel is not the only game in town this time, so Seven mm. doesn't have to capitulate to get them oh, to it do would it. Be Foxtel want huge. these rights.
0: It would be huge if, for the first season in, like, since Mary was a child, Foxtel didn't have the AFL. Mm,
2: Be huge. Really quick question Why don't seven uh, or 10 create an AFL channel if it's that big in those markets? Why don't they then say we're going to broadcast it on this? That might affect the price they pay, but then they can also show classic games which they've done before. You mm. can often see classic games of AFL uh, on seven channels. Why isn't that then not an option for in markets like Adelaide and Perth uh, and and Melbourne, which are huge for AFL? Why are we not seeing them drop one of their fifth, sixth, seventh ridiculous channels that they have now <laughs> that don't do yeah. anything. Why are we not seeing that kind of proposal being sent to the AFL?
0: Oh, one word, two syllables, money. The The, the real issue, Robo, is that the AFL retain the rights to the broadcast.
2: No, I understand that, so but they, why can't Seven say, we'll give you a channel?
0: Come to well, us. because Seven would have to pay a whole bunch more money to get the rights to Which play that stuff. Which is what
1: Foxtel do. Foxtel have created AFL channels it's actually not a bad strategy, and an idea like that could get the deal across the line for Seven, uh, Rob. Sure, yeah. but
0: the difficulty is for Seven, as we know, they are not cash strapped, but they are Warburton is trying very hard to do things more cheaply, and a big cost like this, yeah, where the AFL are clearly works trying well to well ring
1: in
2: Australian television. I know, one hundred percent, right? But Mate,
1: he in fairness to him, he has turned Seven around. Seven was. Seven was close to the wire. We, we have to remember mm-hmm. how close they were. He oh, has, still has some big debts coming in. Like, don't, let's, they're not completely
0: solved, but they're in I'm a much better position than they were. But that's
1: my point. He has been turning that ship around in all yeah. credit. Sure. And, of course, it is absolutely his job to be smart with his money and look at mm. contracts like Cricket Australia and say, are we getting value for money with what we're paying out? And, yeah. and oh, I do believe Warburton the deal would walk is away if this deal, deal gets too outrageous. I believe mm. Warburton would walk away, and I believe that would be bad for Foxtel because Paramount will swoop.
0: At $600 million a year, it's almost too outrageous now. Yeah. Like, that's way more than 7 we'll have ever paid for the AFL. Remember that we were talking about the five-year deal, it was $1.1
1: billion? This exceeds that. A- and, look, don't forget, the AFL will have a thought of better the devil you know. Because they've been with Seven and Foxtel for many years, so I have. Oh, they'll no- be leaning into that. Seven yeah. and Foxtel would be leaning absolutely. into absolutely. So, and and by the way, a side note: these ideas and this this bullshit that Ten wouldn't be able to cover the games and all this kind of stuff—it's just a crock of shit. Because well, you can't
0: measure it on their their um, football. No, deal, no, but right? what I'm That's saying a, is that their broadcasts comparison.
1: of these games, because the simple fact is, the same people who do all these games now... <laughs> That's right. ...for all these freelance companies and these freelance OB trucks, simply instead of getting Absolutely. paid by the 7 Network, will get paid by 10. Yeah. The idea yeah, that oh, the quality yeah. changes is bullshit. The AFL, the AFL film the football now. No, oh, there you go. All right. Hey, it was a big few weeks in TV while we had our break, and... We couldn't leave out the ABC's 90th Celebrate special. The two-hour event hosted by Zan Rowe, Tony Armstrong and Craig Rocastle showcased the impact of the ABC over these nine decades. Looking back at groundbreaking programming, viewers were also treated to musical performances across the country and special appearances from Australian royalty, including Molly Meldrum, some guys called Ryan HG, hey. Dr. Carl, Kate Blanchett and many more. And what a birthday, what well, is a birthday without a cake? Prepared by Maggie Beer. Did anyone see this, team?
2: Yeah, look, th- this is the thing about the ABC, and I want to use the word here, fabric. Uh, and it, it's part of the fabric of everyone that's ever been in Australia, especially if you've grown up here. Uh, sure, you might have memories of 7, 9, and 10, whatever, but the, the the collective memories are those that you have with the ABC, both on television television, majority and also radio but there are so many things that you could say to someone and you know have you seen this have you seen that yes on the abc the abc connects us in a way that i don't know that we fully appreciate but i hope that we 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 you know continue to try and and get into look i think it was fantastic it was such a great way of celebrating what is a wonderful institution for Australia, whether you like media as much as we all do or whether it's just, you know, you're, you're a casual observer. The ABC has been there for us in ways that 7, 9 and 10 never have and never will be.
1: Mike, I thought this was a fabulous special, well thought out, well executed, well directed. Well, uh, you know, like I, I actually have a lot of praise for this special. It was a great piece of TV.
0: I felt some of the writing fell a little bit flat for the I can three hosts that in a times,
1: special like that.
0: It's also the ABC. They would have promised people things and didn't a- and pay look, them. At
1: times, it was a little bit. It felt a little bit too like a, sh- a sizzle reel, like trying to justify what the a- the ABC exists. But, but outside oh, of all mate,
2: that, that's also what television be... is now, though, which is annoying yeah, because the people be... who write TV now are writing stuff that isn't is safe. You know, it, it, it's not written by people who love the medium. It's not written by people who appreciate the medium. That's yeah, my little but, rant.
0: But here's the challenge, though. On the ABC, they've always been the one that have proven that we will employ people that aren't going to be safe. They're going to give us some comedy that's on the edge or around. We just celebrated the 30-year anniversary of The Late Show. Yeah. right. Yeah, Nothing yeah. that they did was safe. yeah. yeah. Um, mm. as an example. Um, it, it was a, a lovely, nostalgic look. If you can't be self-indulgent on your 90th birthday, when can you be? Fair. Um, I thought the inclusion of Mark Humphreys um, running around the audience and being their gopher was, was a bit of fun. Uh, and, and look, congratulations to particularly to the ABC archival team oh. because oh. without them, that whole program would have been not much.
1: Nobody's ever said to get rid of the whole archive team. They're just talking about doing it smarter.
2: No, but they're getting but rid of there's the... There's nothing ar- wrong g- with that. Mm.
1: They're getting rid of a fair chunk of the, the actual archive. To the point the where, if you Every notice- show on the ABC now is, we couldn't have brought you these clips oh, yeah. without the ABC archives. Thank you, The Weekly. Thank you, Gruen and Transfer. Yeah. We fucking get it. Well, it's an important Jesus. point to reiterate that with more funding,
0: they don't have to cut the archival team.
1: Well, um, maybe the- they do. Maybe there's a lot of people that are having long lattes and and afternoon teas no. because how much archiving are they doing each you day? You don't do need no, 174 no. Oh, people. You can't do that, that at The fact that they can ABC. make 58 people no. redundant and still have leftovers—oh my god! You, you, I- I'm no. I'm flabbergasted.
2: There are no lattes being had at the ABC. If people have been to there, the ABC, I've never oh, had bloody ABC. lattes lounge. Rubbish. It's
0: this is amazing. I enjoyed the 90th birthday. I've loved all the stuff they've done to celebrate. <laughs> I particularly thought that the musical presentations that they put together for that mate spot. Oh, Missy
1: Higgins on. out in the Outback was beautiful.
0: Even the version of I'm Australian cut through musicians and singers yes, and performers across great. the country. A friend of mine was one of the lead drummers in the Brisbane cohort Ooh. that featured as a part of that. Oh, name and he drop. said it yeah. was an amazing time. You want to His pick name that is up? Wesley Ong. Oh, Wesley Ong. <laughs> G'day, Hongy. No, just ONG. Oh, Ongy No, Ong. seriously,
1: I just because we've gone as we do on TV Black Box around, around the corner and back again, um, I do want to reiterate you know, I've been a little bit down on some of the. L- big event productions lately. Not you, Rob. (laughs) No, well, mate, you know me, call it as I say it. But this was great. Uh, And I just, I want to leave it at that. No ifs, no buts. I just want to say great job, ABC, and happy 90th. Now, speaking of live productions, um, I actually went to the finale of Big Brother last week. So that was one of the reasons we didn't do a show last week. I've got to say, it was quite interesting. Why is that, Rob? Well, a couple of things. Get a proper warm-up guy, for God's sake. Um, this guy didn't get funny until he literally fell off the stage by accident. And that once we knew he was okay, it was a funny moment. Then something clicked in and he did get better. He wasn't explaining to the audience. He wasn't really at that point engaging the audience. We had no idea what was going on. We're all told it's a live event. All of a sudden at 7 o'clock they're recording and we're like, "What? Is is this going to be pre-recorded? We're going to know the winner before everyone else. What they did is they pre-recorded the first segment, and then we literally watched it replay on a big screen while they played it out at 7 30, and then the rest of the show was live. But there was right. the audience had no idea what was going on. It was really good to go to. The energy was fantastic. The audience were into it. We loved it. We had a great time. But there were no actual monitors for the audience, which I found weird. So you could see the the packages on the big screen behind Sonya because they would put them up there, but Mm. you couldn't see the camera cut, which meant if someone did a funny face to camera, the audience couldn't react to it because we couldn't see it. There was literally no monitor of the feed for the audience. That's weird. I I don't know what they were doing with uh, audience mics, maybe a couple at the stage, but this was a big audience and it didn't sound big because they didn't have enough mics around I found it really weird what looked visually I thought looked amazing. I thought it was a, I thought it was a good production. I thought the sh- I actually quite liked the show. But as an audience member, I felt like in the studio audience, I felt like I missed so much. And, and this guy, I felt like because he wasn't revving up the crowd enough, I was putting on my old Studio 10 hat and I was like, Wah! I was going crazy and trying to, re- laughing out loud, booing when Drew said bullshit, you know, like, I felt like the audience are doing the work for you, Joe. I'll take your 500-buck check, thanks. I Literally to the point I almost got up on stage and said, you're done, I'll take over.
0: Wow. I mean, who would have thought that that's what you'd think? <laughs>
1: <laughs> was it a good night, Rob? It was a great night, and, and then we went to the after party. Uh, I snuck my daughter into the after party, which wasn't done by the network. The housemates all had to... Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Channel 7 didn't front for an after party. No. uh, The housemates had to find a venue and everyone paid their own way. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It was really weird. (laughs) Uh, But seriously, it was a great vibe. It's a good show. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Big Brother. But I just just thought it's been a while since I've been to a live show like that. So I thought it was interesting to see it. And honestly, on the whole, again, really well done. Just a couple of little things that I thought, Interesting that they Mm -hmm. haven't put as much care into the audience experience, Now it's a free show, but if you want more from the audience, you've got to be able to see what they're saying.
2: Well, The uh, the thing is the Seven Network is new to television and they haven't had any (laughs) audience-driven shows with live studio (laughs) audiences, Um, Uh, unlike the other ones since 1956.
0: Perhaps Seven's new director of reality television can write that shit, Rob.
1: Well, that's coming up in Hatches and Dispatches, Mm. and, and let me tell you, I am... Thrilled about that appointment because I'll tell you uh, uh, about that in a moment. But look, speaking of that, still to come on TV Black Box, a big promotion as Malk has alluded to at the Seven Network, as it continues to chase reality TV formats. A man who revolutionized the industry, retires, and we'll find out what everyone's been watching. This is TV Black Box, the podcast.
3: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
0: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoted for new customers for limited time.
2: Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, it's time for Hatches and Dispatches here on TV Black Box. And the woman that Rob is so excited about, Sylvia Souza, has been appointed to the new role of Head of Reality at Seven. She has previously worked as an executive producer at The Network and her credentials also include Endeavour Shine Australia, CJZ and The Nine Network. Mr Souza will spearhead iconic reality shows including My Kitchen Rules, Mama What's a Wife and SAS Australia. After nearly five decades in The Network, engineer Rob Breer is retiring from Seven. In the 70s, he was part of the team that developed the revolutionary race cam, giving Remake. viewers a POV shot inside motor cars. And he later worked on mast cam for sailing and dive cam for diving. Uh, wasn't a lot of thought put into the names, but uh, it's all cam. 7U <laughs> Sydney paid tribute to Breer, honouring the man behind the technologies which won awards around the world. And after 19 and a half years, Nelson Aspen is hanging up his showbiz hat. He has brought the glitz and glamour to Sunrise for nearly two decades. And in an emotional farewell to the team, praised Julie Andrews as his favourite interviewee and declared himself an honorary Aussie. It's also the favourite of uh, Koshi there. Koshi loves Julie Andrews. And that is this week's hatches and dispatches, Rob.
1: Thank you, Rob. It's back to you. And Sylvia D'Souza. Just <laughs> good friend of mine. Big fan. Uh, Sylvia yeah. D'Souza actually is a good friend of mine. <laughs> and we I worked with her at Prime TV in Canberra in the 90s. That's how far back we go. And weirdly, my wife actually uh was roommates with her. I shared an apartment with her. So um to see Sylvia's career just the go from greatness to greatness. She is such a nice person, Absolutely. so smart, gets television and there's nothing I like more than seeing good people Correct. achieve in this industry. 100%. She's one of the good ones. I love seeing it and not just because of the personal connection, she is actually smart yep. and I love it and I love calling that out. So She's congratulations, brilliant. Sylvia D'Souza and uh, we'll set up that meeting soon. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, during our break ten dropped their new shows as part of their pilot showcase on ten play in the last episode which was three or four weeks ago we talked about our first impressions before they were released and now the verdicts are in as a refresher their six new formats were the love experiment dinner guest time to die abby chats courtney's closet and the bush blonde versus the world Mog. Did you watch all this? I've got to be honest here. I've been a little bit sick and busy on holidays and stuff like that. So I actually haven't watched the showcases, so I won't have an opinion here. Get me in. What did you like?
0: Check your ex- excuses at the door, McKnight. Um I I have, have to start sayer, with, mate. Well done. I have to start with an apology. I really enjoyed dinner guest. The one that I said who needs to hear what, you <gasps> know. That was you a, know, yeah, four you were women. down on it. Because it just sounded like it's just women at a dinner party, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It was obviously going to be an intelligent conversation because the women involved are intelligent women. Uh, And I think my only concern for the longevity of it becoming a a series is finding that right fourth person. Mm. Um, It would be a different dynamic, for example, with a a gay man or a straight man in that guest, you know, kind of chair in the conversation as opposed to, in in the case for this one patricia carvalis who is a good friend of at least two if not all three of the ladies involved it was just a chat between friends so that was lovely i think it's got some legs really critically the the guest would be the thing that makes or breaks that show moving on for the rest of them time to die stood out for me i loved it but then i'm a comedy fan i really enjoyed seeing comedians deliver really bad comedy and have to just wear that on their chin it was really good everything else was a bit Boring and same, same, and even to the point where I thought that. Look, I know that there's a lot of love for Abby Chatfield around the traps. I thought that her Abby Chats program was just let's be as sensational as crazy as we can, and that's it. it there was no substance
1: to it. Sarah Monaghan said I'd enjoy that one, but she didn't explain well, cause why. Because it was she
0: visits a porn set.
1: <laughs> okay,
4: <laughs> you got him in.
0: Oh, it was, it was intre- interesting to note that on 10 play, when you go to look for the showcase, it can only show you five of the six programs. So if you are unaware there's a slider, you're going to miss uh, Bush Barbie versus the world, which is hidden away on the click over would, the next part of the page. Would that be bad it, it wasn't great. Mm. It, so you're not really missing oh, much. I saw
2: clips of it. It
0: would... This is what. Mickey wrong. Osborne is an excellent stand-up yeah, comedian. fine, but this is what's wrong. I don't wrong. know
2: that this was great. This is what's wrong with Australian television: that the fact that this gets approved to go on any kind of. It's just it's it's a YouTube channel. Oh, calm down, it's just at a best. pilot. Yeah, but it's a YouTube channel at best. If that's all we've got to offer up for pilot week, there's a serious problem in this country.
0: I think there's some gems in it, but they all need some work to get anywhere. Just some need a whole lot more work than others if they're going to get up.
1: Hmm. Any other thoughts on pilot week? No. Quiet from the panel. I will be taking a look as soon as I possibly can. I'll get back to you next year. Uh, no, joking. joking. <laughs> just like wow. to throw some in occasionally. Keep it light yeah. with McKnight. Oh. Um, <laughs> God, don't be, even tweet. Before we wrap this sucker up, let's do a proper binge box. And new rules, people. You're only no. allowed to name two no. shows but because it's a new format, I will allow three milk, And we've told Philip he can't tell us who the florist was on the set Oof, of a film anymore. So got a big laugh in the pre-prog <laughs> meeting.
2: Uh, <laughs> Can I suggest something? Can I suggest we... Oh, okay. Thanks for your contribution. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, and we want to do this live. Uh, <laughs> Valuable as always, Robert. We've, we've actually <laughs> talked about doing this as a live video stream on YouTube going forward, and that now, Robo gives me the fear of God. Okay, let's, let's find out what everyone's been watching. Philip, hello. Uh,
3: hi, Rob. I'll try and be as brief as possible. <laughs> uh, as, as mentioned, I've uh, signed up to Paramount Plus, so there were a few things I wanted to watch. 1883 was probably top of the list because I'm a huge yeah. Yellowstone fan. Uh, weirdly, you don't get the Yellowstone vibe from it. So I found that a bit annoying. The show itself is actually brilliant and so watchable. It's more like a cinema experience than a TV show. So I highly recommend that one. Uh, and uh, on the downside, one show not to watch on Paramount Plus is FBI International. Hmm. Um, it's part of the Dick Wolf FBI franchise. It's pretty much an abomination of a TV show. It's the worst Police procedural show I've ever seen. It's FBI agents telling the world how to do their job. Um, he, they have an, a, an Australian character in one episode who says "Sheila" quite a lot. Um, yes. it's just, Is that
0: uh, Julian McMahon? It's
3: seriously like like the producers had a work experience kid, or so I don't. On I just cover. don't even know how to explain <laughs> it. Uh, so, and my binge boxer this week, thank you.
1: Thank you very much, Philip. Well done. Um, but who was the director? <laughs> <laughs> oh, not Nick oh, yeah. you did get it in. <laughs> Creator, not, not necessarily a director. Uh, Matthew, what have you been watching?
4: Uh, I mentioned Hunted earlier. I thought it was a unique concept, so that was really good. Um, but my two, it's all Netflix for me um, Man vs. Bee with Rowan Atkinson. Oh, yeah. Pretty much Mr. Bean fighting a bee. Like, who who could say that's that's bad? I thought it was great. <laughs> Stand back, fellow settlers. Really? Oh, okay. I there's loved it. I, it, I, I it. I thought it was hilarious. Um, I thought I thought it was hilarious. Um I there's nothing to really fold about it for me. I thought it was just good fun. Um, so, if you're there to critique it, maybe you have a different opinion. Um, oh, and yeah. then my other one is Stranger Things Volume 2. Only two episodes, but I don't know, maybe like 10 hours of content. But that was just, again, a nice finish to, to the fourth season. I'm really looking forward to the fifth and last. If you've been listening to us bat on about it and you've been going, oh, I might check that out, now's your chance. This is your final reminder. Get, on, get in on it. It's the 80s. What else could you love? Get in on it and... Don't Second last
0: reminder, Matthew,
1: but sure. Do you know what I love with that series? Kate Bush has become this big thing, like, oh, people listen to this music. No, people didn't listen to Kate Bush. We all thought she was mad and her songs were oh, weird. God. Now, having said that, having I'm said that, barrier. listening back now, I go, oh, it's not too bad. I actually quite like her. But the I'm surgeon. gonna be honest See at the time, stranger things I just does. thought she was this weird person from England. I'm gonna be honest.
0: Anyway i thought Rob saying that we all winning means <laughs> <him>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, <laughs> good on you, Kate. Um, oh. sending that magical-
2: <laughs> She's a big listener. She loves it. Never misses an episode. It.
1: Friend of the <laughs> yeah. show, Kate yeah. Bush. Yeah. Oh, it must be the meds.
2: Uh. Um, <laughs> what, from the Big Brother finale? Are we still are we coming down? Or? Hey. <laughs> oh. Oh.
1: He's a oh. good yes. I'm a bit sick. He's got the sniffles. Um, anyway, I, um did watch stranger things but that's not on my list just agreeing that that was a good one um i uh, <laughs> give the uh what have I, I haven't watched a lot because i have been sick and it's weird when you're sick and lying in bed you find yourself watching little things like the big bang theory Comfort because shows. you just want you want to be able to just <laughs> fall Comfort, asleep yeah. and that's okay well you know done, what i mean remote. but um yes i did watch stranger things and the boys which i thought was fantastic oh, i, need to watch I that. love that series so hard and I'm. Did you see them announced a spin off, Rob? Yes. The girls? Though, <laughs> I'm not actually interested. Not interested. Oh, in girls? At You're not stage. interested
0: in seeing younger, more live, uh, essentially superheroes at college this getting it great on?
2: Stuff I'm giving, but
1: yeah. Uh, you know what? I love the storyline of the boys, and that's what appeals to me. I, I, I'll probably give it a go, but I'm not hooked that they're doing a spin off. I'm, I'm just not. Um, and the other one is. and. We've got a new rule that we're not allowed to mention previews too far ahead, but it's only been introduced this week, so I'm going to do it. Um, I watched after the verdict coming soon to Channel 9, and I've got to say, I think you guys know, Australian drama, take it or leave it, this is great. This is one of the best things I've seen of Australian television in such a long time. I think this is great. It takes me in unexpected directions. Um, I, I think I know where things are going to go. This is unexpected. It's entertaining and a great storyline. This is an unmissable Australian drama and you are doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch it. It sounds Mama. like
2: you, you, you're you talking about what I like to call a twist. There are twists in the program. Is that what you're there saying? There
1: are twists and turns mm. and um, it's it's... Uh, look, I don't know when I, I don't know when the embargo is due until, but I'm saying nice things, so hopefully Nine are okay with that, and I'm not giving any details. I just think it's a it, great. Is it on Nine, Rob? It will be on Nine soon. Is that the same company you work for? You know what? <laughs> it is. Look,
0: no,
1: I was being a smartass. Play on, Robbie.
2: Robbie, what's your verdict?
1: It's guilty for being great yeah. TV. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh! Good job. <laughs>
1: Thank you. I finally got there. Mom. <laughs> uh, I've watched Stranger Things
0: season four as well on Netflix, and it was it was as enjoyable. As it has been mentioned. I'm with Matthew. Go
4: and watch it. Did it need a series five? Yes, yes. It needs a conclusion. It well, needs everyone to come series. together. Yes. Come in.
0: Well, they just arrived back together. We're going to see what will happen. Mm. Uh, Ms. Marvel and Disney Plus was an excellent addition to the MCU. Uh, I watched George Carlin's American Dream on Binge, which is a, a two part documentary that goes for ages about great American comedian George Carlin. Um, the, and I watched uh, a, a documentary that is coming to Disney Plus next week called Light and Magic all about the creation of george lucas's industrial light and magic and it's very great the two that i wanted to talk about is snowflake mountain on netflix it is very funny so contrived the basic premise is that there's eight very privileged very spoiled young adults that are put out in the middle of the wilderness with two wilderness warriors and told to get on with their lives and learn how to toughen up and there's all of the reactions that you would expect it's very funny that is on Netflix.
1: Sorry, Mark, didn't uh, we say two only? You listed four and then said, now these are the two I'm going to talk about. These are the two I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I'm ringing the bell. You're on the warning. <laughs> The final show
0: that I want to talk about is available right now on Binge and Fox Showcase. It's called The Rehearsal. If you ever saw a TV show called Nathan For You, created by an American comic called Nathan Fielder, no. who specialises in awkward comedy, weird kind of situational moments that you just kind of cringe your way out of. It's very, very funny. Just film the, the TV basic Black premise Box podcast. Almost. The <laughs> basic premise for The Rehearsal no, is gosh. that Nathan sets up uh, a perfect environment, you might have to communicate something important to a friend. And so Nathan's premise is that always gets better in real life when you've had the chance to rehearse it and to war game every possible outcome scenario for that conversation before you have it. So that when you go in, the conversation will be very easy because you're prepared. That's the premise. It goes to some of the weirdest places you have ever thought of Uh, it's dropping week to week on both binge and fox showcase i cannot recommend it more highly to you the rehearsal is comedy that will change your life it's so funny
1: mulk i will take a look at that and that brings us to the end of tv black box i've been rob mcknight joined by mulk joined by matthew simmons joined by david robo robinson and the one and only philip kosh the writer extraordinaire Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week on the TV Black Box Podcast. What bullshit is this? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you shaking your head when I say writer extraordinaire? That's from the heart.
3: I know, but no one else seemed to get a a,
2: a whatever that was. Because you're special, Philip. Uh, You
1: were my favourite this week, Philip. I play favorite. Yeah, you're the special yeah, that's guest right. for When the he, he special. gives
2: you that, yeah, when he gives you that, you just fucking take <laughs> it. <Right.
1: laughs> it doesn't happen often. Take it while it's there. Exactly. Right,
3: okay. Well, thank you very much. You too, Kyle.
0: Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more.